With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, everybody? And welcome into another edition of Be Shafe Daily. My name is Brendan Schaefer. Coming to you on this Friday, June 24th, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about with you fine Cardinals fans this evening. Cardinals lose again on Friday. They lose 8-2 to the Pittsburgh Pirates at Busch Stadium. It was a Carlos Martinez start that went awry, another game in which the Cardinals simply were not competitive. There's no other way to slice it, and really, frustratingly, it's been the story, a common thread on recent losses for the Cardinals where they just, it's not that they're losing games, it's that they're losing games and they don't look particularly close to not losing them. It's pretty clear early on in a game that this is going to be another one of those nights and that was the case tonight for the Cardinals and we, we've we had this battle back and forth on B-Shafe Daily. Are we blaming the pitching? Are we blaming the offense? Both. How do you fix one? How do you fix the other? What do you do if you're the St. Louis Cardinals as this spiral has continued? And you remember they swept the Marlins three straight on the last little miniature homestand. That was all well and good. Since then, they have now officially delved into another legitimate losing streak as the Cardinals are now losers of four straight games in six of their last seven since that sweep of Miami on June 14th through the 16th, a series, by the way, in which the Cardinals scored a combined seven runs. So we've talked about the fact that all their problems were not cured by that series sweep of a bad team. They pitched well in that series. They still didn't really execute offensively. They got away with it and won three games. That's wonderful. Great that it happened. Guess what? Since then, we've seen more of the same Cardinals team that we've endured having to watch for most of the last month or so at this point. Dating back to the very end of May, the Cardinals have now lost 17 of their last 23 games. That is a, I don't need to tell you how bad of a winning percentage that is. It's about 25%, essentially one loss away from being right at a 250 win percentage over their last, it would be 24 if they drop tomorrow's game. And so we get sick and tired of doing the exact same podcast on B-Shape Daily. It seems like we're always talking about the same story, just a different day. To the extent that last night I didn't even bother following Wednesday's loss to the Tigers. They're second in a row to Detroit, another last place team. At least they were before they got in touch with the Cardinals. And I don't know if that changed their place in the standings or not. But the Cardinals end up losing in that series games by the score of 8-2 and 6-2, to two, neither of which, again, competitive against a bad team. And then it happens again tonight against the Pirates. So last night I just I just was like, I'm not doing it. I don't, I, I don't have it in me to do another podcast, the same podcast. But guess what? Tonight, despite the fact that the results have been remarkably similar of late for the Cardinals, tonight was different in that we got a little something to talk about, courtesy of Tommy Edmond 
who you've probably seen by now in the post-game Zoom, brought up some interesting talking points in his conversation with the media that will allow us to have a very different podcast tonight in the way that we discuss and break down the current state of the St. Louis Cardinals. And so after Edmund said some of the things that he said on Zoom, which I am going to play for you in tonight's B-Shape Daily, you've probably already heard them, but because I'm going to be talking about them at length, the words that he spoke, I want to make sure I give proper context and let you hear it on the on the episode here as well. I know Bally Sports put it on their Twitter feed, and so it's out there. But what I did shortly after he spoke is tweeted this. Tommy Edmond with a nugget on Zoom that seems uh, noteworthy, discussing how the specific prep the team does to combat how that day's opposing starting pitcher intends to pitch them will be more of a focal point moving forward for the Cardinals. That is what I tweeted, and understandably with a quote like that, or I should say a tweet like that, because I didn't directly quote Tommy Edmond, I more paraphrased what he had said, that's going to incite some response from Cardinals fans. Quite a few quote tweets, a lot of the letters WT and F I saw in my Twitter mentions after sending out that tweet to the extent that I thought, man, was I unfair? Did I misrepresent Tommy Edmond in some way? I obviously don't want to do that. After listening back, though, to what Tommy Edmond actually said, I pretty much hit it spot on, in my opinion. I'll let you decide. Tommy Edmond, after stating the Cardinals had held a clubhouse meeting talking about some of the frustrations of this recent stretch, was asked by Derek Gould of the Post-Dispatch about what were some of the areas for improvement identified by the team as they try to make their way out of this losing skid. And here was the entirety of Tommy Edmonds' response. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a few parts to it. Uh, one of the one of the main parts is just uh, kind of mid-game adjustments, um, knowing that if you if you don't necessarily have the at bat that you want in the first um, first time through the lineup, that there probably is going to be a good chance to uh, uh, to get a run scoring opportunity later on, and just staying engaged and and being aware of how the, how the team is pitching us and um, how the team is pitching each person individually. Um, and kind of going along with that a little bit as uh, preparation, um, the preparation that we talked about. I don't think we've necessarily done the greatest job of, of uh, kind of making a game plan for how guys are going to throw us, us day by day and uh, working on things pregame that are specifically tailored uh, to prepare ourselves for that. Um, so I think we're going to kind of start to implement a few more of those things into our pregame uh, routines, and uh, hopefully that helps us out. All right, so did you hear the same thing I heard from Tommy Edmond this evening? I'm I'm having trouble with exactly how to address a comment like that, a public comment by that by a player for the Cardinals. I want to say first that in general with this job of covering a team, and we hear all the time, you've got fans, you see it on Twitter, People, to, to the point that it's kind of become a meme where you say, hold them accountable. Hold their feet to the fire as the media, this media, you know, the memes and the jokes about how the media in this town is this or that. Perhaps we just see it from the far reaches of social media, but it's, it's out there enough. But I, what I want to say about covering the team from day to day is 
you got to remember that these are humans and that they're people, and so you want to, in your criticism, be especially fair and make sure there's not something, especially if you're getting into, you're delving into like an area of spe- speculation, because we wonder, right? It's natural, especially when you're doing podcasts and you're speaking on the subject of this team for as many days in a row as as I'm doing on B-Shape Daily or as, as Sports Talk Radio folks are doing or columnists or writers, beat writers, whomever, putting out content about this team while they're losing like this, it's natural. And fans have whatever license they would like to to delve into the, the area in the realm of speculation into what's going on behind the scenes for a team when things are not going well. And while it's enjoyable to speculate, you do have to recognize, especially in, in, a, in a media setting, that these are people, and they're people with whom you interact. So you want to make sure you're being abundantly fair to guys and, and careful not to flippantly question effort or things of that nature when you obviously have to acknowledge that you don't always know the full story. Rarely would you know the full story, especially in a year where you don't even have access to the clubhouse to kind of know the vibe of the team from day to day. And so because of that, you, you're you careful, even when you wonder things like, are the Cardinals preparing the way they ought to be on a day-to-day basis? It's fair to speculate and wonder about those things, and we can discuss it in a roundabout way. But I think, and this is just me personally, it can be a little bit, tricky you don't like to get into the area of and I see this a lot too and it's okay like fans in particular can do whatever they want you're not held to any standards of how you're supposed to behave or be a fan or what you're supposed to like or dislike about the team that's the beauty of it totally on board with that but I see a lot of things like this guy sucks or that guy's terrible or this and that definitive I'm talking about definitive statements about a player's whether it's his talent level, his character, whatever, the kinds of things that, you know, I I sometimes think fans see those kind of sentiments out there on Twitter and they think, well, why aren't the the media that covering the team, why don't they say it, you know? Some people, I think, get that there are are lines there that you don't, you you just don't do that with the people that you have to answer to from a day-to-day basis. You respect their humanity. It's totally the way it should be. But what I want to say is this. When Tommy Edmonds says the things that he said tonight, and you just heard the clip, about the fact that the Cardinals, lately during this losing stretch, haven't had the kind of targeted preparation for the way the opposing pitchers are trying to pitch each guy individually. When he says that, essentially saying the Cardinals' game plan has not been up to snuff. It has not been up to par offensively as they approach these games during this losing stretch. Again, I think the key line is from Tommy Evan. This is a direct quote, and you just heard it, but I think it bears repeating to kind of dial in on exactly what we're talking about here. I don't think we've necessarily done the greatest job of making a game plan for how guys are going to throw us day by day and working on things pregame that are specifically tailored to prepare ourselves for that. And Edmund goes on to say that implementing some of those strategies moving forward, he thinks, can be helpful 
for the team. And naturally, when fans hear that, they're thinking, what is it that Jeff Albert is here to do? If the Cardinals haven't already been doing these things, why? Why not? Because it's pretty black and white. I don't have to speculate whether or not the Cardinals are adequately preparing from an offensive standpoint for each individual game as it comes. I don't have to speculate on that anymore because I've had it told to me by a member of the team that it hasn't been the case up to the level of expectation that you would anticipate from a Cardinals team. First of all, from Tommy Edmond, that's accountability tonight. You appreciate that. I, I, It's kind of a double-edged sword because I would think, well, fans are appreciative of getting the honest-to-goodness evaluation from one of the players, but at the same time, you think, and this is... was my follow-up tweet to kind of paraphrasing the situation on Twitter. I said, for clarification, it is June 24th. It's not the beginning of the season. It's not dipping our toes into the water, getting ready to get things rolling. This preparation, it's the middle of the season. It's almost the halfway point. And we're talking about the Cardinals' game plan being in question from day to day. And so, again, I want to be fair to people, and and when people talk about making their questions about the coaching staff specifically, it's it's a hard area to diagnose because we we don't see from moment to moment what the coaches are doing to try to instill an impact into the players that will then play out on the field in ideally a positive way. We don't have the inside scoop on seeing how all that plays out. But we do have the results. We we can look at the results of a given area of a team and say it's been good, it's been bad, it's been not quite good enough in this regard, it's been better here. We can evaluate these things, right? It's a results-oriented business, and we can evaluate these things. But the fact that the Cardinals are discussing, and ideally now they're on a better path for this, and I'll, uh, Mike Schilt was asked about the commentary, and and he didn't hear it, obviously, it being on Zoom. He came into the room later on, but he was asked and and spoke to similar topics to what had been discussed, and I'll go ahead and play that for you, too, because Mike Schultz had a little bit of a different take on it and offered other context that just another perspective from what Tommy Edmond had to say, and I know at this point there have been people who hear Mike Schultz say certain things, and they they're inclined to say he's viewing it through too much of an optimistic lens. Here's Mike Shilton. You'll hear within this quote that the idea that he talks about that they've they've righted the ship in this regard and are, are going to be better at it moving forward have already established the ground zero, if you will, for being better with it. And so here's what Mike Shilton had to say, and we'll talk about the evaluation of that after he, after he finishes with the clip. I don't want to misrepresent that the report wasn't accurate or the, the the scouting wasn't good or the understanding of what we we're going to do wasn't good. It was the attention to the execution of it. And, you know, whether it be through a little bit of maybe another um, way of thinking about preparation um, and then getting towards execution and, you know, having that mindset that, you know, we're going to stay on the ball. We're going to battle with two strikes. Yeah. We're looking to, get a good pitch to hit and we're looking to put a good swing on it. And that allows to do damage. I mean, who doesn't want damage in their, you know, on their club, but we also 
need to be able to do what we did tonight, you know, and I thought Eddie had a good at bats, you know, he had the ball the other way, with two strikes, hit the ball hard at the middle, um, just just took some good at bats, as did a lot of the guys. And and those are the at bats that, you know, for some reason the game doesn't reward you initially when you get to back to thinking about playing it in a certain manner, but it, that it'll turn and, you know, it kind of tests you sometimes how long you're going to be committed to it. We just got away from being committed to, you know, all aspects of the game and, and I'll take responsibility for that, but um, we're back on track. And that was Cardinals manager Mike Schultz said he didn't want to misrepresent that they weren't doing what they ought to have been from a scouting standpoint and, and focused more on the execution, and I respect him for saying it. I, I, I do have to point out, though, I don't think it's unfair to do so, that that's not what Tommy Edmonds' viewpoint was. I think it's a little bit of a differing viewpoint to say that Edmund was seemingly talking about the game planning of it. And and maybe that's two ways of uh, different ways of talking about the same thing. I think that's what, you know, could we be nitpicking a little bit to, to say it's not? Absolutely. They're, they're both targeted toward the exact same conversation. Mike Schilt looking at it from an execution perspective to say they haven't been able to, to do that and, and wanting them to maybe fine tune to a deeper level of detail is something that he mentioned a little bit later on in the zoom than they had been doing previously. He notes there at the end of the clip that I just played for you, Mike Schultz does, that they've already turned the corner on that, and sometimes the, the nature of the game is that it doesn't reward you for that instantly, but in sticking with the process of somewhat of a recommitment to some of these tenants that the Cardinals have since taken to life, they've, they've recommitted to, as Mike Schultz says, all aspects of the game, believes they'll be in a better place moving forward, says he'll take responsibility for that. It, it had experienced a lapse previously, but that now they're in a better place on it moving forward and, and that the expectation goes to they'll be able to continue and maintain that. And, and that's, again, he he talks about that in, in the past and present tense. It's already happened. It's not, in his mind, something that needs to take place. It's something that has already been reinstilled after acknowledging for a period it hasn't been there and that it's going to be there moving forward because they've already rededicated themselves toward it. I want, I want to feel like I'm fairly reflecting what Mike Schilt is articulating, and I think that kind of does it right there. And he acknowledges that the results haven't been shown from this. Like, if Tommy Edmonds says there was a clubhouse meeting today ahead of the game, and this one game in particular happens to look like the other games in which they weren't fully dedicated to that which they needed to have been doing. You you can understand where where there would be some questions from people saying, well, why you know, why didn't it look any different if you've already recommitted yourselves toward all these important aspects of the game that you're discussing? Okay. That's where Mike Schilt's commentary about that it doesn't necessarily come instantly and and how long you're willing to stick with it will be a show of how successful that approach can be. I, I can understand that, and that jives to me. Now, one thing I will say against Chad Cool, and, and that was the starting pitcher tonight for the Pirates, who comes into tonight with an ERA of around 5.5. Like, this was not a game. It could not have been a game where, as we hear sometimes the Cardinals talk about, sometimes the other guy is better, sometimes they execute as well, and they're effective against what you were trying to do. All right, totally understandable, but I, I'm not. I, I can't give you that against Chad Cool. No offense to the individual, but he hasn't been that kind of pitcher this season. He's been a guy who's 
other teams have found ways, however they've done it, to have some success against him. And, you know, he's a pitcher for a last-place team, and the Cardinals have expectations of themselves that they will be better than that. And so, at the end of the day, whether your approach was good to the game or wasn't good to the game, there it's one of the days where you've got to find out how to do better and how to get to Chad Cool, who improves to 2-4 and four on the season with an ERA now down to 5.05. After six innings of one-run baseball against the Cardinals, three hits, Cardinals draw three walks. Tyler O'Neill, a bright spot of the game and of the Cardinals' offense recently with his with the way he has honed in on pitch recognition. Tonight takes two walks and then takes a hit-by-pitch on a 3-2 count that otherwise would have been a walk if the ball had not grazed him. That ends up plating a run, and it's an RBI for O'Neill. Would have been, if it didn't hit him, his third walk of the game which would have been the first time in his career that he would have accomplished such a feat. He still hasn't because technically it goes down as a hit-by-pitch even though it would have been ball four. Nevertheless, it illustrates Tyler O'Neill's a dedication that he's had recently that we've started to see more walks creep into his game, a very positive development for a guy who we know about the power. We know he's had the, the proclivity toward swinging and missing when he doesn't make contact. You know, when he puts the ball in play, it tends to be at a high rate of exit velocity, and it goes really far. When he doesn't, which has been more frequent than you'd probably like to see, it often ends up in a strikeout situation. If he can add the other true outcome of the three true outcomes to his game, plate recognition, discipline, and which can result in more walks, he could be a really, he's already been a dangerous hitter, but he can be a really dangerous hitter because then you're going to have to throw him pitches in the strike zone if he's not chasing. And if he's not chasing and you're throwing him strikes, all the more opportunity for him to put the ball in play. And when he does it, like I said, it's typically with authority. So bright spot on base three times tonight, despite the fact that he doesn't get a hit. He goes 0 for 1, and he doesn't strike out in that one out that he produced. That's the other element of this tonight. Only two strikeouts against Chad Cool in those six innings. Cardinals had a couple more in the latter innings, but just for a total of four. That's not bad. That's that's an improvement over what we've seen at times from this Cardinals offense. And so they were they were putting balls in play tonight. And one area, you look at Yadier Molina in the eighth inning of this game, after the Tyler O'Neill hit by pitch, you still have the bases loaded. Yes, you're down six, and there are two outs in the inning, but it's an opportunity there for a base hit to maybe ignite a little bit of a rally get the tying run as close to coming to the plate as you possibly can when you're down by that many runs. Cardinals with with some bases on balls and some opportunities there in the eighth were trying to figure out a way to get back in this game. Yachty comes up, and indicative of the struggles this team has had offensively of late, not able to come through, but at the same time, it's a hot shot to third base that Yachty hits and, and just doesn't get anything to show for it. So is that an example of... The Cardinals have rededicated themselves and he took a good plate approach and he was able to put the ball in play with some authority, but it just didn't pan out. And so there goes the potential for a rally. And so it goes, you know, it's never going to be black and white in these situations, but at the same time, you do have to look at the body of work and of late for Yadier Molina. And it's not just him. It's been the rest of the Cardinals, but Molina in particular, who had such a really good start to the season, he goes over four tonight. Yes, one of those outings was that at-bat in the eighth where he ends up hitting a hard ball to third base. I don't know the exit velocity, but it was a good swing. Just went to a player that 
fielded it and threw to second base for a force out there with the bases loaded. But he's 0 for 4 in the game, and coming into tonight for the month of June, and we're nearing the end of that month, July 1st, the halfway point of the season, game 81, I believe will be played on June 30th. And so you look at it over the course of the month of June, Yadier Molina enters this game this evening with a 146 batting average for June and a 146 slugging percentage for June. That's tough. You know, has taken some walks to the OBP a little bit higher, still below 300, I believe, coming into tonight, and then takes an 0 for 4. That's just one example of, of a struggling Cardinals offense. You guys have been watching the games. You don't need me to break it down for you individual by individual, but it has been a, a trying set of circumstances. And tonight the Cardinals even mix things up with their lineup a little bit, as Mike Schilt alluded on Thursday might end up being the case. Dylan Carlson into the leadoff spot. Tommy Edmond moved down in the batting order. Carlson had a two-for-four night and scored a run. Edmund goes one-for-four. Lars Newtbar, still in the lineup for the Cardinals, playing right field tonight, went one-for-four, and in his first at-bat at Bush Stadium as a big leaguer, ends up knocking a base hit and an RBI. So good to see there. But those are your four hits. Edmund, Newtbar, and then a couple for Dylan Carlson. And that's all that there was for the Cardinals. It was, sure, balls in play, but a lot of, contact that off the bat you're thinking eh, it's probably not a hit you know you're hitting the ball right two guys I get it that happens sometimes but I think we're past the point of being able to with this Cardinals losing skid as Mike Schildes said alibi some of the reasons for the struggling offense you have to call it as it has been and tonight was another example of it just not being enough for the Cardinals Goldsmith took a couple of walks Arnauto walked as as well with with one and, and I mentioned O'Neill's two that he had to total for the team's five on the evening. But they didn't they didn't figure out a way to turn enough of those into runs because they still have not been able to get the big hit or many hits at all over the course of the game. And you're doing that against the Pirates. And so it's frustrating. And at the same time, we, we, we spent 25 minutes talking about the Cardinals tonight and really haven't gotten at all into the pitching performance by Carlos Martinez. Guess what? It was bad. It is not just the offense right now that is struggling for the Cardinals. After Martinez tonight walking six batters over the course of the first two innings. Granted, one of them was an intentional walk to load the bases, so you, you don't pin that one on him, but five walks over the course of the first three innings, I believe it was. I said two a moment ago. Five over three is what it was. You start out down 2 nothing, as has been relatively customary for a lot of the Cardinals games of late. Not a good outing. You can tell from the first inning that Carlos just does not have his good stuff. And from there, you know it's probably going to be trouble unless the offense does something heroic. And tonight, they tried to get him through as many innings as they could, but it's five innings pitched for Carlos Martinez. Five hits, that's not an exorbitant amount. Seven walks, five earned runs, and gives up a bomb. They tried to bring Wade LeBlanc into the game. At this point, you're down significantly, and you need somebody to cover some innings because last night, the Cardinals go to some of their premier relief pitchers, despite the fact that it, was, it wasn't it was a total blowout. They lose 6-2 to two on, on Wednesday. I say last night, it was an afternoon game. They go to the, the, the trio, the, the big names out of the Cardinals' bullpen, Henesis Cabrera, Giovanni Gallegos, Alex Reyes, because the majority of those guys, they, it's been like a week since they pitched at that point, and so Mike Schultz said after Wednesday's game, they just had to get those guys into a game. They hadn't pitched, and so that's where they were with their bullpen yesterday. And so today it was back to Wade LeBlanc. 
and he gives up a couple of home runs over two and a third innings pitched, so it goes. And you start asking the questions, not even start asking them, you continue asking the legitimate questions of what in the world do the Cardinals do from a starting pitching perspective. You look at the outings that Carlos Martinez has had of late, and you look at the way he performed tonight, out of the gate, I mean, we're talking about the first few innings, uh, allowing just an obscene amount of walks, and you ask yourself, how in the world is that sustainable? Well, my answer right now, as of the moment, with regard to Carlos, is that it isn't. I don't see any any way you could possibly go back to Carlos Martinez for another start. And maybe there is a way. Maybe the way is they just don't have any other options. But at this point in time, if you're John Mozeliak, you create another option. You, you have to at this point. And unfortunately for the Cardinals, maybe Carlos isn't even the most significant concern within the rotation at this point I would argue that he probably is even though three outings ago against the Cubs on Sunday Night Baseball he pitched really well seven innings two runs but then in the outing against Atlanta three innings eight runs this one tonight five innings five runs the walks out of control in both of those games four back on June 18th against the Braves and then seven tonight again one intentional He had a start earlier in June against the Dodgers. You remember the worst of his career. Didn't get out of the first inning and gave up 10 runs. Four walks in that frame. Another outing in June. The next one was against Cleveland. Four innings, five runs. So even with the really quality start against the Cubs mixed into his June ledger, here's the numbers. 19 and two-thirds innings, 30 earned runs. And 17 walks, nearly a walk per inning even factoring in a couple of outings where he he stayed away from the the bases on balls with with pretty good regularity. Those are the numbers. But then you've got John Gant, who you remember had the ERA of 1.60. Things were looking good despite the fact that he was walking guys at a league-leading rate. Like, beggars can't be choosers at that point, and John Gant was still finding a way to get the job done. But you know what? Regression has since caught up with him, and the ERA is now pushing four as it's climbed over his last few outings to 3.76, still the league leader in walks issued at 48 in 64 and two-thirds innings. And how do you have confidence in John Gann every time he goes out right now with the way he's continuing to issue free passes? He did it in the outing on Wednesday, walking two batters in each of the first two innings. That's not a recipe for success, and the Cardinals have it happening with multiple guys in their rotation. Johan Oviedo struggled in his last outing as a starter. That's three-fifths of your rotation. You have Adam Wainwright right now, and you have, that's about it. Kwon Young Kim actually pitched pretty well in his last start, part of the doubleheader day, and he throws four innings in the, in the loss in Game 2. Just 47 pitches, so he was really efficient, really solid, didn't give up any runs. Cardinals go to the bullpen because they were trying to get some offense, though it was Lane Thomas that they used as a pinch hitter at that point, and he's not on the roster anymore because he was optioned for Lars Newbar. And so how much of an upgrade was he really offensively over just letting Kim go out there and hit? At this point, it's unfortunate that we have to ask rhetorical questions like that, but it's kind of fair to wonder. Could you just stuck with Kim? But they tried to be aggressive, and, you know, that didn't work out. And it's just kind of a vicious cycle right now for the Cardinals, but... 
I'm not quite ready to lump Kim into the Wainwright category just yet because he has had recurring back issues this season that have seen him twice go on the injured list. And so with that in the back of my mind, it's hard to shake the feeling that something like that won't potentially crop right back up again. But he has been better of late. But you have Wainwright who's been able to consistently go deep into games. The Cardinals are winning each of his last three or four starts, it seems like, and they're not winning any other games is essentially the way it's broken down for the Cardinals. And so you got to fix the offense. We've talked a lot about it, and Tommy Edmonds quote, to me, particularly noteworthy. Because if it, if it hasn't already been fixed, my goodness, the results better start to show that it's being fixed soon. Because you can't say 22 games into a 23-game stretch of losing that, well, now we've fixed it, and you're going to see the results. Okay, I get you can say it, but I don't think you can expect us to wait another 22 games before being critical of the fact that the results haven't yet come to pass. Like, how how long is long enough? It's it's nice and convenient to be able to say that toward the end of a stretch and in the middle of a really long stretch of what has been a struggle, struggling period for the Cardinals of late. But it took that long to, to determine getting back on the right path. Like, Cardinals deserve some criticism for that. I can be the most fair-minded person in the world, and I can still, without much concern for, "Ah, I'm not really being fair to the situation, I can say pretty definitively the Cardinals deserve some serious criticism for that. And so if they've now righted the ship, that's wonderful, and and you're hoping, okay, when, when are we going to see the results of that bear out? Mike Schilt talking about patience with their process, and rightfully so. But he also had talked about patience with their process before the Cardinals had essentially tonight acknowledged that their process was flawed. We weren't we didn't hear the process we didn't hear about the process being flawed until Thursday night. Then there had been some acknowledgement that yes, we've had some some issues that we're trying to work through, fine-tuning our approach and the execution of it, whether you, you hear it from Edmund's point of view, the game plan hasn't been good enough or with the way Mike Schilt describes it, that the execution of their plan has not been adequate. It doesn't make any difference. Acknowledgement that it hasn't been enough for a team that has preached about sticking with their process and knowing that things are about to turn. It, it was not just a few days ago that Mike Schilt declared the team was about to get hot, right? And they go and they beat the Marlins, and that's great, but that did not constitute a sweep, though it may have been, as the Cardinals getting hot. It was a three-game sweep of a team that didn't do much offensively against you. You got three good outings, and that's great. But offensively, the problems were obviously still there because they've since acknowledged a week later that it required a team meeting today to talk about and to fine-tune and say, here's how we're going to adjust our approach effectively, getting the coaching staff involved and, and approaching it from a different point of view. That happened a week later. So... The messaging, to me, it feels like over this over this time, fair to point out that it's been a little questionable. And I've talked about and defended Mike Schilt to say, well, of course he's going to talk about the things that he's talked about and look at things through an optimistic lens because that's his nature. And as the manager of the team, that's, that's his job. He's not going to throw players under the bus. And even in tonight when some question was raised, as you heard about the approach the team has had, he says, you can put that on me. But then he says, we've turned the corner on it now and we're, and we're moving forward. And so I totally understand that, that that's where he's coming from. But I think 
Well, you're playing the Pirates right now, so if you have turned the corner on this, I'm not one to say that, you know, this is how long. I, I can't declare how long it should take to see those, those seeds begin to bear fruit. But, hey, you're playing the Pirates and the Diamondbacks. I don't think there's any better week than this one to start seeing that happen and seeing that take place because you've got an opportunity here against some lesser opponents. It didn't take place on Thursday. Cardinals darn sure have got to figure out a way to get it to take place soon because now they've dropped to three games below 500. And after the Colorado Rockies at the beginning of July, it is not going to get any easier. We've already talked about the fact that they play the Giants and the Cubs and then the Giants and the Cubs sandwiched with an all-star break in between. That's two contending teams that are, are not going to have any time for the Cardinals working through these issues. You've got to get them figured out before then. And not just because those are competitive teams that the, the, the level of play is going to be higher and it's going to be more difficult to get away with certain things if you're not on the top of your game. Just from the fact that the standings are what they are, you're three games below 500 right now and you're not running out of time on the season, but you, you don't want to dig a hole any deeper than you have to. And what's frustrating about where the Cardinals are at in the standings, by the way, the idea that this team entering the 2021 season, you ask about what what is it that John Mozeliak and company need to be doing right now? This was not a roster coming into the year that there should have been any question. There wasn't going to be any question about when July rolled around, you'd see where the Cardinals were. They're obviously in contention and it's just a matter of how exactly the front office is going to supplement what the Cardinals are already doing to successfully march toward contending for a championship. Not just an NL Central title, but a World Series championship. That was the goal. They acquired Nolan Arenado, and from there it was just a matter of we're going to go into the season with this outfield that we've got. We're going to see what the young guys can do. We're going to go into the season with the rotation that we've got. We think we've got the depth there to cover. And if the deadline rolls around and we need to, to supplement with this or that, boom, we know exactly what we need to be doing. And they can target it in that way. Well, right now where the Cardinals are at, and you, you've probably read by now or, or heard John Mozeliak discuss recently where the Cardinals are. Derek Gould, I know, wrote an article about this where he, he spoke to Mozeliak. And the quote was something to the effect of, the Cardinals front office doesn't feel the pressure right now to have to win in 2021. He says to Derek Gould, it's not all in or we feel like we have to break up the organization. That's not a pressure I feel, which again, I feel like gives me a quick opportunity to point out from a job security standpoint, John Mozeliak has it. For those that may be wondering, he's got it. There's not any question about that. He is an executive with the future in mind just as much as the present. And it's now gotten to the point where because of where the Cardinals are in the standings, it's almost as though the Cardinals front office needs to see something from its roster in the way of winning enough games to get them close enough to make a push in order to feel as though they need to supplement. Otherwise, it's it's like they can take the stance of, well, it's not worth supplementing if if the Cardinals are where they are and they aren't winning enough games and adding this piece or that isn't going to be enough to get them over that hump. It's like they're in a prove-it mode. And you can't even really think about a prove-it mode right now. Like, it's prove-you-can-win-a-game mode is, is where the Cardinals are on many nights, the nights where Adam Wainwright's not pitching. And then from a standings perspective, it's almost like they have to prove, you know, that, that 
That's not where the Cardinals expected to be when they got Nolan Arenado. It wasn't like, well, if we're in the hunt in the middle of the season, we can consider maybe making some additions. It's like, we're going to be there, and how can we supplement the roster once we're in that position? And that's just not the way the Cardinals are viewing it right now, the way it seems, unless they're they're throwing a giant smokescreen in the way they're discussing that. And the, the reason for that is because they've lost so many darn games in June. And over the course of the last 23 games to this point, dating back toward the end of May, 17 of 23. And so if what that does, that losing skid that puts the Cardinals at 36 and 39 on the season, fourth place in the division, behind the Reds, behind the Brewers, and behind the Cubs, who combined for a no-hitter on Thursday against the Dodgers, Cubs and Brewers tied for first place as of this recording in the NL Central. That's where the Cardinals are right now. And if that means the trade waters are not as palatable for St. Louis because you don't want to give up future prospects and players that can help you down the road for a season that doesn't feel, not that it's not salvageable, but that doesn't feel definitively worth supplementing in the moment, if that's the case, all right. I, I you know I, I don't I don't know the ins and outs of the trade conversations the Cardinals are having to know whether or not their a, approach is what it ought to be. The ask probably is pretty high because teams can recognize the Cardinals are in desperate straits. I don't doubt that for a second. But what the Cardinals have to do is get creative. Then you've got to come up with something. John Mozeliak has used the quote time and time again that what's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That's what the Cardinals are doing right now, though. And I, I think it got delayed even a little bit more by the fact that they were able to sweep the Marlins because it, it got them back a little bit above 500 in the standings for a moment. And then they went back on the slide against Atlanta and now then against the Tigers and now beginning this series against the Pirates. It almost kind of delayed the come-to-Jesus moment for the organization that should have probably already been taking place, but you're able to kind of gloss over some of that a little bit with wins, and wins are good, but was it covering up some of the issues that were still pervasive within the Cardinals? I think it's fair to say that they that th- those wins did that for a time, for a few days at least, because now they're back on another four-game losing streak, and to me, it's not different. It's not like they had a losing skid and then they they were fixed, and then they started another losing skid. It's all part of the same issue. You just happen to have a few days in a row where you pitched really well. Paul Goldschmidt came through for you a couple times. Yadier Molina got a clutch hit at the end of a game, and you were able to win all three. It doesn't mean the offense was good throughout that series. It wasn't. And from an offensive perspective, without a trade, which I don't think the Cardinals are motivated to pursue offensively in particular, I don't know what you do other than keep moving around the lineup and hoping that these players who have been good in the past remember the fact that they are good and they they hit better than they're hitting right now. That's all you can hope for collectively from the offense. You bring Lars Newtbar in, he's done a nice job in a few games that he's been able to participate. We'll see what it looks like. There are not endless amounts of magical answers in the minor league system for the Cardinals right now. All their minor league system teams are losing too. I saw this today. The Cardinals ranked like 29th in minor league win percentage this season. I think only the Diamondbacks are worse, if I if I recall correctly, which, oof, because the Diamondbacks are bad at the Major League level, too. So, not sure what the upside is there. But for the Cardinals, it's, it's a similar story that some of the players that they have in this pipeline, I think there's some talent there, but it's younger, it's not ready, it's not, it's not emergent at this point in time. You can look at Matthew Libertor, who had 
nine strikeouts tonight for the Memphis Redbirds and say, maybe that's your answer. And we've talked about, I've talked about saying, what do the Cardinals have to lose? Go ahead and do it. But you look at his full box score from tonight, five and a third innings pitched, gave up four runs, a couple of walks, two homers to go along with those nine strikeouts. Is is that a line that tells you he's guaranteed to come right into the big leagues and, and thrive? ERA of 4.62 on the season. So from that side of the coin, you don't want to do anything detrimental to the development of a guy who you sure are going to need in the future. You want to let him continue to develop if you if you can't afford to. And so while I've said it at times, yeah, bring him up. Times like right now, you say, well, are you sure? I mean, if he's not getting adequate amount of outs at Memphis, you're seeing the upside. Nine Ks in five and a third innings is pretty darn good. But you got you to gotta wonder if you're going to be fair to a guy if you're going to bring him into a major league setting, a setting that is not necessarily a lovely environment right now because the team is losing night after night. So how, is, how would that impact a guy's development? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know what the right answer is. Fortunately, it's not my job to know, but that, that's a call that the Cardinals have to make, John Mozeliak and company. I can I can put my educated guess out there and say right now, a lot of days it feels like the Cardinals don't really have anything else to lose except for another game. So why not give it a try? But here's another angle that you could pursue. I talked about the guys in this rotation right now that are questionable. I wouldn't start Carlos Martinez another time. I said it even before tonight's outing on, on a recent B-Shape Daily. I put him in the bullpen. John Gant, I do the same thing. Even though the ERA right now is 3.76, how much worse does it have to get before you go, oh, yeah, maybe this isn't the answer. Maybe this is a guy who we've seen him good over past years in the bullpen, but he tends to sometimes break down as the season goes along, as the innings count grows. Maybe we try to cut that off at the pass and say, let's see if he can't be effective out of the bullpen. How do you construct, though, a rotation where you don't have the number of starters that you need? Brandon Kiley of 101 ESPN tonight asked Mike Schild about the concept of an opener. Is that something the Cardinals would explore? They've been averse to the opener in the past, anytime they were asked about it. But they were also at one point averse to the six-man rotation. They tried that earlier in this season when it made sense to do so. Could the opener be a possibility? Mike Schultz said they're exploring a lot of options right now, and that concept could be among them. And they'll have some information on us pretty soon about what that could look like for the rotation moving forward. With that, it seems to be maybe if it's Martinez they're talking about removing, probably something that would have been discussed tonight after the game. Mike Schilt did take a little bit to come out, but said he just had some housekeeping situations to handle. Okay, that's fine. Was was that something that was discussed? And, and potentially you could see Carlos moved to the bullpen. I've seen plenty of people on Twitter saying Carlos should just simply be DFA'd. Not how I feel. They're paying the guy anyway, and you've seen him be effective in a bullpen role in the past for the latter half of 2018 and all of the 2019 season. I did call him the Carlos Coaster because you never did kind of know how the inning was going to go, but more times than not, he got the job done, and right now it's back to the beggars can't be choosers mentality. Cardinals could use something like that, even if it's a roller coaster, even if it's high on the blood pressure. If he gets the job done, who cares at this point? And maybe a shift to the bullpen could be something that resets him in a way. And whether it does or not, like I said, you're paying the guy, so you might as well explore the possibility before going nuclear when you don't have a ton of other options in the organization. So I don't agree with the idea to DFA Martinez to the bullpen. Absolutely. And do you, do you explore the opener? Is it Wade LeBlanc? You know, he wasn't great tonight either. So I don't know that that's necessarily your answer. Here's something that I think is 
you know, it should be the elephant in the darn room, but it's like we're, we haven't discussed it hardly at all. If you talk about the fact that your closer is one of your best pitchers and you have to pitch him in a game that you lose by four because he hadn't pitched in a week, maybe you need to redefine what it looks like for that closing pitcher because right now there's no there's no games to close. If there are no games to close, you might be wasting one of the more valuable weapons on your team. So do the Cardinals have to go kind of nuclear with regard to the pitching staff and reimagine some things? Perhaps. Well, why wouldn't you lead with the guy who, entering the season, arguably could have been in line for an opportunity in the rotation? Alex Reyes, the Cardinals said they liked their depth and they didn't want to risk his health, and so they were going to get him to about 100 innings this year, and they were going to do so with an eye on having him back in the starting rotation for 2022. Get him to 100 innings, and that way he would be adequately prepared by next spring training for a full workload, build up as a starting pitcher, which they still at the time, at least the way they expressed it, believed that he could do. Okay, at the time you thought your depth was good enough, you were going to be able to withstand that, and all well and good. Well, here's where we are with the Cardinals pitching depth in the starting rotation. How does it look right now? Not that great, right? And you've got Alex Reyes basically twiddling his thumbs for an entire week, not able to impact games. Could he not be part of an opener strategy for the St. Louis Cardinals? That could honestly, like, at this point, the Cardinals cannot afford to be picky with, well, we don't really want a starter that that if he's not going to be able to be built up to go five innings, your starters aren't going five innings regularly as it is, but it's not due to a built-up stamina issue. It's due to performance. And so if, if you're getting only three, four innings out of a guy anyway, you might as well let it be Alex Reyes who has the potential to throw three good innings and get you into the middle innings without already having a deficit in the game. I'm not saying that's going to be a guarantee. He's human and he'll allow runs too, just like any of them. But at some point, I don't know why that's not something that's being explored, and and maybe it is. But if it's not, in my opinion, it should be. 1.07 ERA for the season, even after giving up a run, I believe, in his last outing when he appeared on Wednesday in the day game that the Cardinals lost 6-2. I think those are the kinds of things the Cardinals should be exploring at this point in the season. 33 and two-thirds innings pitched. Like I said, we're about a week away from being to the halfway point of the season. Even if Reyes were to appear in half of those games and get up to 36, 37 innings, double it, that's only 74, 75. That's not the 100 the Cardinals detailed at the beginning of the year. Granted, I don't think when they said that they were considering him for just the closer's role, although we saw it kind of coming from a mile away that he could end up being pigeonholed into that position. Cardinals got to get more creative from that point of view. And whether that's, you know, I mentioned Jeff Albert's name and I talked about the questions that are rightfully being asked about his performance right now. Mike Maddox on the pitching side. I think the Cardinals need to be a lot more creative with the way they approach the situation with what they've got. And I understand the pitching. It's it's a different beast right now because you have lost Jack Flaherty. You did lose Miles Michaelis and you expected to have both of them. Uh, the degree to which you should have expected Michaelis is up for debate. But certainly you thought, and I say that because of the fact that he was injured coming into the season, he didn't pitch last year, and it was kind of a question mark whether or not he would actually be at full health in spring training, and then it turns out he wasn't. But when it comes to Flaherty, you absolutely expected to have him. Your ace pitcher, that's been an obvious blow to this rotation since he went down with the oblique, and the day he returns, no matter when that is, is not going to be soon enough for this Cardinals team. They'll be really glad to get him back when they do. 
but for a coaching staff that I feel like talked a lot about the creative ways in which they could deploy pitchers and the weapons at their disposal, whether it's out of the bullpen and out of the rotation, I don't feel like there's been quite enough of that going on this season for the Cardinals. And sure, some of that is simple performance. How much are you really tinkering with when to bring guys in and exploiting matchups when you're trailing off the top 2 nothing at the beginning of every game and then you have to kind of fall into your formula of what you do when you're trailing. You're just trying to eat innings at that point. You're just trying to get through a game. And too many of the times the Cardinals have been doing that this season, and so that's where you found them. We've articulated our thoughts on the offense, articulated our thoughts on the pitching. I don't know what else really I have to say. I didn't expect to be talking for 51 minutes longer yeah, longer than I thought I would be going tonight. But like I said, this was going to be a different episode of B-Shape Daily because Tommy Edmund gave us some things to talk about. And I think from a pitching standpoint, there absolutely were some relevant discussion points as well. I've exhausted it. I've exhausted my voice. So I think the plan here is to kind of wrap things up for this edition of B-Shape Daily. I appreciate you guys immensely for listening to the podcast, especially through a losing skid for the Cardinals where you may not want to hear a lot of Cardinals talk. We'll see how this episode does and what people think of it. Always let me know at bshafer 12 I leave my direct messages open to everybody so they can message me and tell me their thoughts on whether it's my performance covering the Cardinals or about the Cardinals themselves and talk some baseball. That's why I'm, I'm that's what I'm here for. So I enjoy it when you guys do reach out. And when I see it, I promise you, I, I do make my every best effort to respond and engage with people because I enjoy doing it. Let me know what you think of the podcast tonight. Let me know what you think of it in general. And let me know what you think of where the Cardinals are at right now and what needs to happen going forward. You can drop into my DMs, as the kids would say, at bshafer12. I don't mind that. What I'd like even more and my buddy Will has done it a couple of times in recent days. I know he left me another voicemail that I haven't gotten to yet. We'll see if it's still relevant uh, for a future episode, if I'm able to get to it or not. But anchor.fm slash bshafer12 slash message, you can record a listener voicemail that I can then play on the podcast. If you've got anything to say, which I feel like there could be some interesting takes from Cardinals Nation at this point, I would invite you to do that. Once again, the web address, you just type it in, anchor.fm slash bshafer12. That's S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R slash bshafer12 slash message. And you can record your own audio right there, and I'll play it on the show in a future episode of B-Shape Daily. And make sure also to subscribe to the podcast if you've not done so already. You can do so on Spotify or at Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. Any of the other locations, you can head on over to anchor.fm slash bshafer12. Click on the More Platforms tab, and right there it'll get you set up with any app pretty much that you could want to listen to podcasts. Appreciate you guys once again for sticking with me. I don't know when the Cardinals are going to be out of this rut. Maybe today will will prove to have been a turning point as we look at the Cardinals moving forward. But for now, just got to wait and see the way things shake out. I will be on a flight tomorrow. I won't be covering the home games against Pittsburgh the next three days, heading down to Atlanta to help some family with a move that I'll be helping to facilitate with them. And then we're driving their car back up on Sunday. So going to bring the podcasting equipment with me, going to be tracking the games, obviously, but maybe a little bit of a different schedule on Friday night because of that flight that I'll be having down to Atlanta. So appreciate you guys for sticking with me. Stay tuned for future episodes. I promise you they're coming, even if it's at a little bit of a wonky time this weekend, but appreciate you guys as always. We'll talk to you next time on B-Shape Daily.